So now we're going to read um, that story from the first chapter of Mark, verses 40 through 45. And before I read it, I just want to let you know that the sermon will be a little different um, this morning. Often we really examine the scripture. This morning I'm just going to be um, touching on it, um, in part in honor of our uh, elders and deacons and trustees, but you'll get to um, put that together for yourself. This is from the Gospel of Mark. And a leper came to Jesus, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourselves to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it, and to spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. This is the word of the Lord. Well, the mission of Nielsville Presbyterian Church is to glorify God by being and making disciples of Jesus. Well, discipleship involves encountering Jesus, but not just encountering Jesus. Discipleship involves encountering Jesus and then being transformed. Jesus comes into ordinary, everyday lives and encounters people. Where things become different is that each person's story of transformation is different. You see, in Mark chapter 1, which we just read, an outcast comes and begs Jesus to make him clean. And Jesus says he will do that. And the man's life is changed in an instant. He's transformed. He doesn't just have physical healing happen. This man who came for healing leaves telling others about Jesus. Jesus takes ordinary lives and changes them. Some in a moment. Some are transformed differently. My story of faith began before I was aware of it. I was baptized by my grandfather, a Presbyterian minister, as a baby at the Presbyterian church where my parents were involved. And ever since, I've been nurtured in faith by the church. God is at work in our lives. God's at work in the church, even when we're not aware of it. The foundation for my faith was laid by the church. There was the expectation of gathering regularly with other Christians on Sunday mornings, set down by my parents. 
And so I went to Sunday school. I sang in the children's choir. And the church gave me opportunities to learn about God and Christian life outside of Sunday mornings. I went on a church mission trip with my dad and my brother. I attended youth activities. I participated in confirmation classes. Still, I was a churchgoer and not a disciple of Jesus. It, the first time I remember encountering Jesus happened at a concert when I was in middle school. And I remember Jesus calling to me and asking me to follow him in a very clear way. But there was sitting next to me this really cute girl. And she didn't go forward and respond to follow Jesus, and so neither did I. I had encountered Jesus, but not been transformed. Now, I did claim faith after my second time through confirmation class. Jesus still hadn't captured my heart and my imagination. I paid little attention to sermons. I didn't pray often or read the Bible. I attended church. I learned the Bible stories. I heard how to be in relationship with Jesus. But still, my life was not changed. Faith was something limited to Sunday morning. This particular memory that I'm about to share really sums up uh, this sort of disconnect. I have this vivid memory of being on a youth group canoe trip in Canada, sitting on a sandbar, looking out over this beautiful Canadian lake, and having a deep conversation about my future. But God was not a part of it. Faith was relatively unimportant in the scope of my life. My encounters with Jesus had not been transformative. God wasn't real in my life. Yet it was the influence of the church because of that, that I went to check out a Christian campus ministry at college. I really had enjoyed going to youth group at church. I thought it would be fun, you know. There I discovered a group of peers, the church in a form I had rarely experienced. They showed me that God was real in their life by telling me about their faith. They shared their encounter with Jesus and how they had been transformed. They challenged me to encounter Jesus in a way that I had never done before, by their worship. They gathered on Monday. Even after they had attended church services on Sunday, they gathered again, and they sang with their hearts. They prayed bearing their souls, and they cried out with a desire to follow Jesus. Their commitment to Jesus at the center of their lives challenged me to offer my life to Jesus, to follow him. 
to be transformed. Well, I encountered Jesus again. And this time, Jesus called me through a song, pointing out to me how the first disciples, they didn't know all the answers. But still, Jesus was asking them to give up everything, though the only thing they knew for sure was that Jesus had called them. And this time, I followed. I was changed. I knew my life was no longer my own, but God's. And this verse of Scripture still defines life for me now, and it describes discipleship. A discipleship of encounter and transformation. It's Galatians 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. God was real in my life. And when we know that God is real, we want to share that with others. Where there wasn't before, now there's a desire to share that God is real. We may still be embarrassed, we may still have fear, but we're wondering, how can we get across that living life, believing in and following Jesus, is an adventure worth being a part of? I wanted then, and I still want others to encounter Jesus in a way that brings an awareness that God is real. I want others to encounter Jesus and have their lives changed. And so I sought out opportunities to tell others about him. But to be honest, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't really know about how to go about doing that. But the opportunities to learn this came through the church. I found that these opportunities that the church gave me to share about Jesus grew my understanding of what it meant to be a disciple, of what it meant to have my life captured by Jesus. I believe that taking the risk to join other Christians in doing ministry is vital to our life of discipleship. It's not a solo endeavor. We grow and continue to be transformed as we minister alongside one another. And I discovered this as a camp counselor, then as a youth ministry volunteer, and then as a Bible study leader. However, as my journey of discipleship continued, I began to take pride in myself. I began to look down on many people in the church, quickly questioning their faith or their faithfulness. I saw myself doing the things I understood a Christian should be doing that others just weren't faithful enough to do. Serving God became a way of holding myself up as better than others. Fortunately, God did not leave me long with that mistaken understanding. 
Jesus led me to spend some time in a Christian community where I was asked to examine my life and the reality of my sin. And I realized that I had been trying to defend my sinful motives, my self-promoting motives, by saying that my actions were right. But true following, true discipleship is not self-focused. True following, true discipleship is not about making clear how great a Christian I am compared to others. True following leads others to encounter Jesus. True discipleship leads us to encounter Jesus again and again and again. This true following leads others to follow Jesus, not to follow me. Jesus revealed this temptation to me and this growing reality of what my faith had become through this verse in Isaiah 29. These people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up of rules taught by people. This encounter with Jesus changed me again. This encounter with Jesus humbled me. Following Jesus led me back into the church as a youth director. And trying to follow Jesus in the midst of a church, I've made mistakes. I've experienced hurt and pain and anger and discouragement and doubt I've cried as I listened to a church argue over and vote out a pastor who had mentored me. I wondered why would anyone want to be a part of the church or believe that God is real. I saw the reason that many people are tempted to say, well, I'll follow Jesus. I'll be a disciple, but I don't need to be a part of the church. Yet it's in the church that I've seen God work in powerful ways. I've learned from people, young and old, who I would never otherwise have met or been around. I have been transformed by following Jesus alongside other Christians like you. I've experienced hospitality and joy and amazement and had my hope renewed. I've stood in the church and watched in amazement as teenagers told the story of God being real in their lives to middle school students and those middle school students encountering Jesus praying and crying as they experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I wonder, why would anyone not want to be a part of that? Why would anyone not want to be a part of the church or not want to encounter Jesus and be transformed? Well, now I'm a pastor at church. 
But my story is one of many encounters with Jesus. My story is a life transformed by some of those encounters with Jesus. Today, we've ordained and installed leaders for Nielsville who have also encountered Jesus, but their transformation is not done. I pray that God will take their lives, take the lives of all of us who have encountered Jesus and continue to transform us. Continue to transform us so that we will bring God glory. That God will take our lives and transform us so that others will see that God is real. That God will take our lives and transform us so others will encounter Jesus Christ and be captured by his love and grace. Transformed. Disciples. I want to close by holding up a prayer from Psalm 71. And this is a prayer for my life and for all of us in the church. Let us pray together. But as for me, Lord, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteousness, of your salvation all day long though I know not its measure. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O Sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation your might to all who are to come. Amen.